morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> you serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. It's the coveted hour. It's hello workers. But it's not Martin and it's not Charlie today. I'm Jim Hewer. Welcome to the Midday Grind. Alongside is Brian Hoffman. We also have Matt Rocchio in the studio today. It's a Monday. It's dreary. It's raining. But guys, I am in an awesome mood today. And for the first time in a long time, I can say I'm excited about blues hockey because of what took place yesterday and over the weekend. It was a spectacular weekend for the St. Louis Blues. Look, we've sat here many, many days in the last two and a half months and sat here and went, eh, just throw in the towel, look for the number one pick, quit trying to uh, find a way. Well, they found a way. Now they're in the playoff race. They actually are in a playoff spot as we start play today on the 11th of February. And I'll tell you why I'm excited, guys. When you're beating L.A. and you're beating Ottawa and you're kind of scrambling to try and beat those teams and you win, you go, oh, hey, we won two in a row. You go, so what? It's Ottawa. It's L.A. It's teams at the bottom of the barrel. But what they've done since last Thursday, going into Tampa, getting a victory, then taking care of business in a home-and-home against the Nashville Predators, one of the better teams in the West, now I think you're legit. And I really believe that. This team is legit, and they have an opportunity to realistically sit here on a daily basis and, and start scoreboard watching to see what other teams are doing so you can improve your spot in the playoffs. It was just a spectacular win for the St. Louis Blues and uh, just a great effort, guys. I just remember that win after um, following the Panthers game. You were down 2 nothing. You won 3-2, and there was, okay, cool, good comeback win, strong yeah. third period. But more so, it's good you won this game because the next three, Tampa and then home and home against Nashville, you're not quite sure what to expect. Six points. It'd be nice if you got three. Four would be great to come out of that with all six points, winning at Tampa, the best team in the NHL, and then sweeping the home and home against Nashville, a team that has given you fits in recent years, was especially the way they did it at Nashville yesterday afternoon, was about as impressive of a stretch we've seen from this team and. I feel like two or three seasons. It's been, yeah, you're exactly right. Because I was thinking that um, as I was watching all this take place over the weekend and that goal was scored. And then the Tarasenko goal, he scored on Saturday when it was two, nothing. It's been a while since I was watching the game and jumped up and went, yeah. And that's what it was for me. It was like, Oh, I'm a little excited about blues hockey now for it. Usually it's all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Let's let them work this way out. But if you go back to January 7th, the game 
that Jordan Bennington started. It was his first start since being recalled. The Blues went into Philadelphia, came away with a 3-0 victory, and since that time, St. Louis went from 38 points to 59 points. They're in a playoff spot. At that point, they were two points ahead of the Kings for last back on January the 7th. Now they're in the second wild card spot, just two points behind Dallas for the third spot in the division, which would put you in a playoff position to play the Nashville Predators, which I think after what we saw this past weekend will be a dynamite first-round playoff matchup. But even Tarasenko with his goal scoring, the three goals yesterday, now with 22 goals on the season. Back on January 7th when he scored in the Philadelphia 3-0 victory, he had 12. So if you look at it now, Tarasenko, red hot, scoring goals again, 12 goals to 22 goals, 10 in 14 games. He's playing like a goal scorer and a superstar. Then you add in what else is going on, you got to be excited. It's funny. I was talking uh, to Frank about this last hour. When, when a team's not playing well, you try to overthink things and try to dig deeper than you probably need to to find solutions to the problems. Like, oh, man, how do they – how do they get out of this rut? What are they going to do? What's Berube going to do? And then when they're playing well, you you do the same thing. You try to think too much about why it's going well. And really, the solution was stop pucks and have Tarasenko score. Yeah. And since yeah. that's happened, especially over the course of these last six games, that's why they're winning. You shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tarasenko has a great weekend against Nashville, and suddenly you're – pretty well secure in a, in a postseason race now. You've got a goalie. In, now yesterday, Jake Allen was in nets. They find a way to win in overtime. But Jordan Bennington, since that January 7th, 9-1-1 in goal for the St. Louis Blues. Over that stretch from January 7th as a team, the Blues are 10-3-1. They've added 21 points to their point total. That puts you good enough to put just two points behind Dallas, as I mentioned, for third spot in the Central Divisions, and you talked about stopping pucks three times during that stretch. The Blues have allowed more than two goals, just three times. It's all about stopping the puck, getting a goalie that stops the puck, but I'm going to throw in one more one more thought that I did not see from this team prior to this run, and that is compete level. They are competing for every spot on the ice during this stretch is not something we saw earlier in the season. They were not sticking up for one another. Uh, they were not going into the dark, dark areas for pucks. They were not going into the dark areas to score goals. This team is doing that now. Uh, it's taken a while for it to get there. I, even during the broadcast yesterday, it was brought up by uh, the guys when they said we'd, we spoke to Craig Berube and we were trying to figure out, all right, what's the difference? What's the change? And Berube said, I had to change a lot. And the thing that stood out to me the most is when he said, I had to change my locker room. <laughs> and when you, when a coach says, I got to change my locker room, when he's already a month into the season, that is a difficult thing to do because you can't just start running around and moving guys and trading guys, which this organization couldn't do because of all the signings and all the acquisitions that they made in the offseason. And a month into it, you're already going, we have to change this. This isn't working. That isn't working. It's been... A slow progression. It's not been a night and day thing with Craig Berube, but right now, you got to be excited if you're a St. Louis Blues fan. You're, you 
had a sold-out group on Saturday at the arena for the first time in a while, and you saw energy in that building, which I think also means the fan base is believing in it yes. again. and it does seem like on the ice, maybe effort's the wrong word, but they are really working harder to, to get into mm-hmm. those tougher spots on the ice. And I remember Frank asking Kerber, I think it was about Tarasenko's goal against Columbus, which was a very, not a prototypical Vladimir goal, where he kind of just dug really close to the net and found a way to get it in. And he asked uh, Chris, when's the last time Vladimir has scored a goal like that? And he couldn't remember that it wasn't a typical just, you know, wrist it and try to find an empty part of the net to sneak it past the goalie. It was instead one that required a lot of effort, a lot of energy, and kind of having to fight his way to get it. And I think that's indicative of kind of how they're playing right now. Now, the, the unfortunate question is how long can they keep this going? Because they do have a tendency when when things go well, they go really well. But on the other side, when things start to go a little poorly, there does seem to be a snowball effect. Yeah, it, it's well, and here's the thing. When things are going well, you're you're doing the right things, but you also get a little luck. And we saw that a little bit this weekend. With the victory. Now, if the team was going poorly, you would have had pucks go off the glass and off the back of Allen and into the net, like we saw when the team was just strange things. But on a couple of examples, uh, in the game on Saturday, I think it was Arvidsson's coming down the right wing, and he's charging towards the net. Bennington goes down, and he leaves the entire upper part of the goal open for, I believe, again, Arvidsson, I believe, to just flip it up into an open net, and Arvidsson missed it, just flat out missed it. And even on the broadcast, they were like, ooh, Bennington got away with one. But when you're playing well and you're playing hard, things like that happen. There was a couple times in the game on Sunday where Vince Dunn saved Jake Allen uh, on a wraparound time uh, try. It stuck a stick in there. Otherwise, it's in the net, and things are going differently in Nashville. Those are the kind of things that are play- you know, just changing. Uh, the guys in the back end are playing better. We're not say, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jay Bowmeister is going to be an all-star, but Jay Bowmeister is playing better. He's a little more healthy. He's able to move better. He's not going to be the Jay Bowmeister we saw when he first came here, but he's playing better. Uh, Vince Dunn is not turning the puck over in his own zone like he had early in the season. There were times when Vince Dunn would just throw the puck into an open space in his own zone, and it was ending up into the back of the net. I mean, there's just so many little things that are happening well, and I think right now, if you're a Blues fan, enjoy it. Because I'm not going to sit here today and go, well, this isn't happening, that's not happening. There's a lot of things that need to improve. The power play's got to get better. But when it's going well, guys, you got to just give some credit to it and just let it ride. It wasn't too long ago that after they had dismissed Mike Yo that you were discussing – not winning just for the sake of the draft pick, maybe selling off some assets to build for the future and maybe even the job status of some front office members based on how terribly the season had gone. Now we're talking playoffs. I I don't know how this ends. This could end with a first-round exit, could end with not making the playoffs at all, could end with a deep postseason run. But this is more enjoyable than the discussions we were having about the Blues six weeks ago. That was not fun. When you're talking about losing and possibly jobs being in jeopardy, that's not... That's not an enjoyable time. So, yes, for Blues fans, I know they're not Stanley Cup contenders per se, but they're also at least postseason contenders. So just appreciate that. Yeah, you have to get in to have that chance. And yes. You, you get in, you take your chances. You Look, they beat two of the best teams in three games 
than the last three. That these teams that they have beaten are Stanley Cup contenders. Games like yesterday were games they were losing. Right. Last year and at the beginning of this year, where if the team came back and tied it, the game was over. They were going to lose and probably not even take it to overtime. Whereas yesterday they tied it, they fight to overtime, and they win it almost immediately. There's a lot of hockey left. You still have two months. You've got 29 games left, 13 home, 16 on the road. The team plays better on the road for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, it, and I'll throw this out there. You mentioned there could have been a game they would have lost. They, when they lost the lead yesterday, they came right back. Yep. They scored. This is not something that would have happened back in December and November. This team would have been going, well, here we go again. So kudos to the Blues. It's fun to be a hockey fan again here in St. Louis. And Craig Berube's got to start getting some credit. I don't think we know what kind of coach he is. We haven't seen enough of a a base to know, okay, this is what his team is all about. I think we're seeing that they they are going to get in the dirty areas and win loose pucks and fight for pucks. Uh, that's kind of the player that Craig Berube was as, as, a, as a player. Does that reflect how he is as a coach? I would hope so. You would think so. We're starting to see that. Uh, but I don't hear Joe Quinville's name much anymore. No, you don't. And and I'm and I was the one that said, hey, after they fired Mike, they should have hired Coach Q a week after. And I still will tell you, the best coach in the league for me is Joe Quinville, whether he's in the league or not in the league. But if anybody's looking for a coach, he's the first guy you got to go look at. But right now, Craig Berube's got things turned around, and he deserves a little credit. And we may be putting this Joe Quinville thing on the back burner. And because Joel has decided to wait until next year or till the after the season's over to make any decisions, maybe he's allowed Craig Berube to win the coaching job for the St. Louis Blues moving forward. I think that would be an interesting scenario if it took place because I think Joel will coach some, somewhere next year. Will it be here? Uh, it be hard to take the job away from Craig Berube if he, one, gets his team into the playoffs and also, let's say, they make a little noise in the playoffs. I think Craig would uh, definitely earn the right to be that guy. I don't think there would be any question, and you really couldn't question that. No. I mean, at this point. So uh, kudos to the St. Louis Blues. They're up next on Tuesday. They play the New Jersey Devils. Coming I know. at a good time, too, for at least us. Selfishly, yeah. from the media standpoint, Slumazoo, Illinois, not that great now. Early spring training for the Cardinals, you prefer not to talk about it at this time because that means something bad probably happened from an injury standpoint. So this is a good time for a hockey team to start playing well. We definitely need this hockey team to start playing well. uh, New Jersey and Arizona before Boston on Saturday. Again, two teams that, in theory, you should beat up on, get some more points, and see where it takes you moving forward. Just two points out of third in the Central Division right now as they start play today. It is the midday grind here on 590. The fans subbing in for Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe. I'm Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, and Matt Rocchio also in the house today. Uh, Martin's going to be back tomorrow. Charlie's in spring training all week. Yes, we'll hear from Chuck tomorrow. Martin will be filling in for Frank from 10 to 1 pretty much the rest of the week, actually, because Frank's yes. out tomorrow as well. So we'll, plenty of Martin despite not having him today. We have a lot of folks down in spring training this week, by the way, at 590 The Fan. The entire group from TMA is down there. I know Jim Hayes is down there. Tim McKernan's down there. Joe Roderick's down there. Iggy's down there. And a little bit later on in the show, we'll give you an opportunity to hear one of the cool interviews from this morning, Colton Wong and Jose Martinez at the picnic table this morning on TMA Live. And you'll want to stick around. They had some interesting things. They had a little take on uh, Machado and Harper. 
Also, uh, you'll hear some praise for Jose Okendo and a few other things as well. Uh, we'll give you a chance to listen to that uh, a little bit later on in the show before we get out of here at 1 and turn it over to the guys from the hard line. But uh, let's bring in Matt Rocchio here because, Matt, you brought this up. We were talking before the show about Kyler Murray, and you said that Kyler Murray made a statement about how he wants to be totally focused on being an NFL quarterback. And then I showed you a tweet that said, hey, wait a minute, Bob Nightingale says the A's are hoping he's going to spring training. What's going Whoops. on there? Yeah, that was a rough one for Bob Nightingale. He was quote he was quoting um an athletics insider on the on the A's. Apparently again they they were feeling like they had a good chance um to see him there. And also there was a quote earlier this month that uh Jason Cole threw up from Boris saying that pretty much talking about like, well he he signed a baseball contract that let him play football one year, and now he's going to honor his baseball contract. That's how this works. And five minutes after um, Bob Nightingale made that, had that tweet go out in the athletics and, and the writer sent out his tweet, Kyle Murray came out and said, moving forward, I am firmly and fully committing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. And he elaborated <laughs> that a little bit more, but uh, in other words, he really he hit some baseball writers. <laughs> it kind of undercut him in five minutes That's after they put out their big opinion. I... Yeah. Look, here's here's part of this as I see it. It's him playing the game. Because if somebody is really interested in taking him as the first quarterback taken in the draft, they have to be assured that he's 100% committed to playing football and not baseball. And I think that's part of what's being done here. And And he may truly be true to his word on this. But if I'm his agent, I'm going, hey, we got to put this statement out. So-and-so is interested. And they're only interested if you're totally in, regardless. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You can go play baseball later. But if they're going to draft you and pay you money and a boatload of money to come out there and, and attempt to be their quarterback, you have to be fully committed, and you publicly have to show that you're publicly committed. But I did get a kick out of earlier Bob Nightingale saying, hey, the A's are hopeful he's going to turn out in spring training. Not going to happen. No chance. No chance. That That ship has sailed, and... The only way Kyler Murray will be playing baseball is if in two years he's failed at playing quarterback in the National Football League. So, But that was pretty interesting, I thought, to, to see how the world turns one thing to the next in a matter of minutes on social media. That's what the social media brings us. Instant access, and sometimes it doesn't always bring the answers you want or sometimes gives you conflicting stories. Left and right, no doubt about that. I do got to throw in another thing here on the Midday Grime. University of Illinois. We are the voice of the University of Illinois. I don't know if anybody's noticed lately, but they're 5-3 and three in their last eight. They're winning games. They're not going to make the tournament unless they win the Big Ten tournament. But another victory on Saturday, and a big one for them. Deshaunis Vili scored 35 points, 29 in the second half as they came away with an overtime victory. Uh, against Rutgers on Saturday, none of those 29 points were three-pointers. It's the freshman scoring record at the University of Illinois, passing Deion Thomas's 34 points. You got Dasunmu averaging 15.2. You got Georgie averaging 14 points a game. They are leading the team in Big Ten play right now in scoring, and this team is slowly working their way up. They got a big one on Thursday that you'll hear here on 590 The Fan. They're at Ohio State. And believe it or not, if they pull off a victory there, they'll be within a game of Ohio State in the Big Ten standings. 
They're playing well. It was a 10-point loss when they faced them earlier, but I think we got to give a little shout-out to Illinois, and I think even Frank mentioned it in the monologue earlier today. Of the three major schools right now, Illinois is playing the best basketball. I asked him who he thought would finish the year with more wins last hour, Illinois or Mizzou. And Illinois is only two back, and Mizzou's not playing well by any measure right I, now. Right. I would probably I – would, I might go with Illinois here. And the reason why is Missouri is in a tailspin that I don't know they're going to be able to get out of, especially if Smith continues to miss, mat, or miss games. And we've had Jeremiah Tillman out. When Tillman can't play or is in foul trouble, the team struggles. The depth is just not there right now. Uh, I would say Illinois might end up with more wins than Missouri because Missouri is also finding ways to lose big leads, which is not a good sign. I'll go all the way back to the Arkansas game where they got up big early, lost that game, lost another one in the home. Then they lost this one this past Saturday. They're scuffling right now. So I, uh, you might see... Missouri playing in that uh, that last matchup in the big the SEC tournament. Meanwhile, Illinois, believe it or not, they could. I think they're at nine right now and moving their way up in the Big Ten. So that's uh, a shout out to University of Illinois. In their next game right here on five ninety. The fan will be on Thursday six o'clock is the broadcast start. You might want to start paying attention. They did. Uh, if ask Michigan if they need to start paying attention because they got Michigan last last week. Let's uh, step aside. We'll take a break, and we'll tell the folks about some of our great sponsors here on the Midday Grind as well. If you want to go to Offenburg Hyundai, if you want to get yourself a car, Jim Hewer, you had just mm. across the river. Offenburg Hyundai has the car for you. They have uh, Offie Offenburg. It's a nickname we have for a Matt Offenburg over there. They've treated Martin very well over the years. It's not too far, just a little bit over the river. I know people think if you're crossing the Mississippi, you might as well be five hours away. It's not just over the river in Illinois. Beautiful place, beautiful showroom at Offenburg Hyundai. And we also have the uh, Cajun Cook-Off coming up at uh, Mardi Gras. This kicks off on Saturday, February 16th. The area's best Creole cooks come together to serve you up a heaping platter of fun. Sign up now if you think you have what it takes to win, or you can pick up an all-inclusive pass that includes cooking demos from celebrity chefs, a whole lot of Cajun food, an open bar to quench your thirst, and boot-stopping tunes straight out of the Big Easy. If your stomach is growling, then head over to stlmardigras.org now to pick up your all-inclusive pass and make sure to come hungry. Mm, I'm hungry now. I'm just thinking about it. It's the noon hour. It's the midday grind. We take a break. When we come back, Colton Wong, Jose Martinez, they were on the picnic table this morning with Tim McKernan and the guys. We'll hear that conversation next. Sherry, Sherry, 